Welcome to the Greatest Goal Podcast. This is your host, PD Podcast in the house. This is episode number 37. And let's just get right into what happened this week, um, this past weekend. Not really. Not really the past weekend. This is Sunday. But uh, earlier on this week, let's start off with champions, if you will. If, if we must. I think we shall. You know, yeah, champions. Damn it. Champions. We're going to talk about champions first. Uh, let's go with champions. The Champions League of Europe. Barcelona versus Manchester United. God damn it. Man, you really crapped out. And I feel bad for for the head coach, Solskjaer. Because not only is the Man United legend coming in to fill in a spot where the team wasn't working, in the competition, the actual EPL, English Premier League competition, things were starting to go up. He's been doing well. Uh, but in the Champions, you know, uh, he had really a bad... Uh, going of it against Barcelona you would think that he would have gave a better game or games because it was a a home and away but Barcelona was too much but that's not a surprise you know when Sir Alex was there and uh, Hernandez was starting in in that Champions final uh, the last time they played uh, they got wiped out and that was an actual final final Uh, that was in in a quarter quarter final but they got wiped out three to one in that game and that was with Sir Alex, and that team was playing really well. So not only did that team win, win uh, that uh, league title, they got to the Champions Final and lost it three to one. Still got outclassed by Barcelona. Now this Barcelona again outclassed Manchester United, but at least this Manchester United is not the the Manchester United of old. This is a team that had been uh, descending with Jose Mourinho, fired Mourinho, brought in Solskjaer, and started to ascend. And at least they had a good going of it in Champions. So uh, uh, not a good going of it. I mean they they kept on advancing. They didn't have a good uh, home and away game, and the on the aggregate they lost 4-0, 1-0 uh, in the first game. In the second game, they lost 3-0, which oh well, hey, that's football. But um, Barcelona deservingly passes on, which is which is which is good. The better team won. There was no uh, uh, anything to say about uh, Barcelona. It's not like. Man United was worthy of passing on, so everything's fine there. Now let's move on to Porto Liverpool. Now this is complete bullshit because I was going for Porto because we have Hector Herrera, because we have Tecatito Corona, and me as a Mexican Mexican American person, I would like to have seen them advance. But hey, Liverpool, I'll play them uh, home and away and one six one on the aggregate, and that's fine as well. You know, the other game. <laughs> the other freaking game, Ajax versus Juventus. Now let me just break this goddamn game down. Ajax, you know, it wasn't bullshit when they outplayed Real Madrid. That's the one thing I noticed. <laughs> this team really is good. <laughs> they really they like to play football. They like to move the ball uh, in a possessional style, left to right, and look for their opening spaces. It, this team is fun to watch. And uh, deservingly uh, should have passed on and did pass on, knocked out Juventus and beat them on the aggregate three to two, which 
this just goes to show what Juventus was, which was a good team that can compete, but obviously not the best team. Because a, a, a well-worked-out and planned-out Ajax, a team that had worked a philosophy, a, a possessional-type football, uh, beat them and beat them uh, deservingly. They were worthy and they passed on, which is good. I saw after the game when Juventus was being eliminated, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo walking off the pitch and making a hand signal which for Latin Americans is, is pretty common, where you like shrivel up your hand and you're basically saying uh, somebody's scared. You're signaling somebody out. Like you're scared. That, that's what that hand signal means. People that saw him walking off the pitch will realize uh, what, what that was, and that's what that is. That means you're scared. Basically, he's telling his teammates that they punked out. They couldn't beat this team. But not because they weren't good enough to beat the team. Just because he's saying, basically, you guys punked out. You guys didn't show up. Um, which, I mean, to me, Ajax played a better football and should have won. And they did win. And, and that's pretty much where it ends. And Cristiano should have known going to Ajax that, I mean, Ajax, Juventus, I mean, that it wasn't going to be the same thing as Real Madrid. Where when you don't have your day uh, where everybody's playing well, where the team's not functioning that you could rely on an individuality because if Cristiano doesn't is not showing up that day in Real Madrid, guess what? You have a Benzema or you have a, a Isco or whatever player. Uh, and, and Juventus, it's not the same thing. If the team's not functioning, it's just Cristiano and that's pretty much where it ends. So this isn't Real Madrid and, uh, and I guess Cristiano Ronaldo's figuring that out right about now. And so Ajax passed on. Now, uh, the semifinals are going to be real interesting because it is Tottenham Hotspurs versus Ajax, which honestly, you might see Ajax in the final. Not because Tottenham's not better, because I think Tottenham is, but Ajax is playing and functioning at a higher level than the rest. Well, functioning to their level, and they're functioning at a, at a good level. I'll say Barcelona's functioning... Uh, up there with the Liverpool. I mean in between Ajax and Tottenham, to be specific. Not in between the other two. Which is Barcelona versus Liverpool. But I'm pulling for Ajax to go on, honestly. Because the other curious thing is that Ajax could have had a Diego Linus. And this would only be funnier if Ajax makes it far. Or wins. Which I don't think they're going to win. But that they're going to get in the finals. They can get in the finals. Tottenham is a beatable team. Uh, and I think that would be hilarious because I signaled it out from the beginning. I thought there was only two options for Diego Linus to shift real quick from the Champions League talk. Um, the first option for Diego Linus was to stay in Mexico one more year, one more torneo rather than a year because there's short tournaments in Mexico, or go to Ajax where he could start right away. Why? Because Ajax is already playing with a bunch of youngsters, and he's playing in Holland. He would he would have been playing in Holland, and yes, he would have been a starter. I saw some people saying, "What you think Diego Linus would have been a starter?" Yes, because lots of the Me Mexicans that go to to Holland do precisely that. They start right away. Tecatito Corona not being a starter in Monterrey as soon as he went to Holland was started and was scoring goals. So I think that Diego Linus really shot himself in the foot and really overvaluated uh, thinking uh, uh, 
what was said to him by Andres Guardado and the Real Betis coaches. You know, if I was him, I would have went to Ajax because it's a league that turns youngsters into into legit uh, professionals that could really give a, a run at at a big club that could go to a big club and compete. You know, that's they have that that fame about them. That's that's what they're known for. And uh, Ajax is a, is a team and has a history of always doing that. Betis doesn't, and Betis is playing at a higher level. So yes, they told you that you were gonna be uh, taken little by little, uh, but now that you are being taken little by little and are not having as much success as you would want, um, he's getting impatient, and he should have saw that coming. I mean, it was gonna be it was obvious. Uh, I'm not saying he made a mistake because I think uh, he's still going to uh, progress at Real Betis. And I think he's a good enough player and he has the, the mentality to, to, to overcome everything at Real Betis. But in Ajax, yes, he would have been starting. See, it's, it's, not, it's, not a, it's not one or the other. It's in Ajax, he would have had more earlier success and it would have been up to him to keep it going. Where the opposite is happening at Real Betis. He has to start off little by little and keep on advancing as he goes. And like I said, I think he has the character and the mentality to, to progress. But I think at Ajax, he would have competed from the, from the, from the get-go. Now, turning back to the champions, um, Barcelona versus Liverpool. Now, I think that the cream is going to rise to the top. Like it always rises. Cream always rises to the top. What I mean, what I mean by that is... Liverpool likes to play a, a football that is fast, direct, but also uh, they like to have the ball. So I think this could, and this ain't the Barcelona of old that's just straight uh, possessional. I think this could turn in two ways. It could be a game that Liverpool and Barcelona are t- are going back and forth and playing football where where Liverpool scores a goal, Barcelona scores another goal uh, back. And it could be that type of game where it's two to two, three to two, one to one, whatever it might be. I think it could turn into that type of up and down dynamic type of game, or it could turn into a game where Liverpool tries to attack and hold possession, and Barcelona just kicks the shit out of them and wipes them out like a good three zero. I think those are the narratives of the types of games that are coming up for me in the Liverpool versus uh, Barcelona game. I think it could be that type of game. You know, I remember with Jose Mourinho when he tried to play against, uh, when he was at Real Madrid and he tried to play against Barcelona, and he tried to go heads up. He tr- he played a tribote in the midfield, a, a try a midfielder um, midfield with uh, I think it was um, it was like uh, three fierros, which was like Pepe and some other guys with with uh, that were more defensive than they were offensive. But basically, he was trying to disrupt the Barcelona midfield. And disrupt them and take away the ball. That's the problem. When you have three recuperators that are more defensive, yes, they can recuperate the ball, but they don't have the technical ability to keep the ball. And may, and they also are not working uh, for that. You know, Real Madrid that whole season was playing a counterattack type football. So in, in one game, you're trying to implement a possessional type football with players that had never done it for the for the whole year. So in that game, what happened? Barcelona played football like always, a possessional side football. And they smoked them, beat them 5-0. Why? Because Real Madrid was trying to do what Barcelona does with 
with players of, of not of the same characteristics. The only way to be a player of the same characteristics is to have more than that player. Put it this way. If I have a wiener that's really fast, the only way for, for my, def, my, my lateral to keep up with that winger, he has to be just as fast or faster to stop him. If you have a slow lateral trying to guard, trying to check this guy, he's going to get his ass kicked because he doesn't even have the capacity to do that. So it's sort of, yes, you in soccer in particularly, you have to, if you want to beat the fire, yes, you have to f- uh, fight it with more fire. Especially if you're trying to dominate them, you know, but you have to be overwhelmingly better than them at that. You have to be uh, hotter than the fire. You see what I'm saying? Um, there's no way that that Real Madrid was going to outplay Barcelona in a possessional type football. They would have to be a lot better possessionally and uh, technically uh, and worked out better functionally in order to do that. And Jose Mourinho that day, this is the, the crazy thing, just to not take my word for it, he tried to do that and got a 5-0. He tried to play a possessional football against Xavi, Iniesta, Busquets, and ended up with five goals in his net. So that's the reason I say you have to fight fire with fire, especially in football, you know. Uh, So anyways, um, let's move on from uh, that. Like I said, I think it could end up in those two ways with Barcelona and Liverpool. I'm pulling for for Barca because um, they, they play the best. So I would like to see, honestly, I would like to see this. I would like to see Ajax versus Barcelona in the final because of the philosophy of football. It started in in Holland with Cruyff and it ended uh, with uh, Pep Guardiola's Barcelona. And now uh, Pep is eliminated with City. So, but like I said, because of the club, because of the history, I would like to see Ajax Barca in the final of the Champions League. And I think that would be a real good game. Now... Let's move on to uh, Liga MX. Uh, let's talk, talk in general terms because I'm not going to focus in on a game because my Chivas are completely crapped out. They lost again 3-1 to one to Puebla. And um, it, at least Chivas for moments is playing well. But the problem is defensively, they're scattered all over the place. You see the defenders um, having an impulse to want to attack. The problem is... You're not organized, and that impulse is of desperation. And because it's of desperation, we're not thinking smart. And the defensive line is gets unorganized. Players get desperate and start attacking when they shouldn't, and that line ends up being countered. So that's the problem with Chivas at this point. It, it's a team that emotionally and mentally is checked out. And... I, that's the reason I wanted Pepe Cardoso to stay in Chivas was that this thing was already going downhill. You might as well crash at the bottom of the hill already, you know, instead of bringing in a coach like Coyote and basically saying, okay, you're not good enough and you quit on him or, or basically you remove him and bring in another coach like Tomas Boy and he's not able to fix it because who can fix this? You see what I'm saying? The team mentally and and um, 
and uh, not physically, but mentally and anemically is checked out. So I think that was a waste of, of burning of coaches. I think that right now they're currently burning Tomas Boy because at the end of the season, I think they're going to fire him and bring in a new coach as well. Again, to start the, 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 the process of the next Chivas tournament. Of the next Liga MX, if you will. So I think that was a waste of, of lots of removing for no reason. I think you should have let Pepe Cardoso finish off the season and tell him, hey, you got the players you asked for, you messed it up, and now you're fired. But don't go and burn other coaches in the process. You see what I'm saying? Now, uh, as for the, the table, the table's interesting. Leon's in first, Tigres in second, Monterrey's in third, Cruz Azul's in fourth, Necaxa's in fifth, Pachuca's in sixth, America is in seventh, and Puebla FC is in eighth. Ninth is Cholos, tenth place is Toluca. Now, the interesting thing is this. There might be a situation where America and Puebla don't make it. The points are so close to each other that this thing could get swung in the next two games. This is match day 15, or week 15, rather. And there's two more uh, games left, two more weeks. So there can be a chance of, of, of somebody dropping out of Ligia and somebody from uh, 9th, 10th, and, or 11th place, even Lobos, jumping into Ligia. That's how close it is right now. Nobody saved. And uh, talking about America, because that's the one, that's the reigning champ, they have 23 points. Puebla, that's in 8th place, has 23. Cholos has 22. Toluca, which is coming off a win, beating America, has 21. America's next game is against Santos. They have to win that game. Because, let me put it this way, if Lobos wins, Toluca wins, Tijuana wins, Puebla wins, America is out of Ligia. <laughs> so, I mean, there's been a lot of talk from uh, from people claiming that this was going to be uh, a spectacular season for, for America FC, FC. But it could go horribly down in flames. So, um, you know, too much talk is, is pointless sometimes at the beginning of the season. And it, it might come back to, to, to bite you in the ass thinking that everything's guaranteed in this league. So, uh, let's just keep on watching because this thing could get real interesting. Now, heading into the Ligia, Leon is freaking dominating every team they get, that every team that gets put in front of them. Uh, by the way, Jose Juan Macias scored again. His, uh, I think, his seventh or sixth goal of the, of the, of the tournament. And... Um, they're currently in first place with uh, 38 points. Uh, so, Leon will probably make quick work of 8th place, which is Puebla, if they stay there. And uh, Leon, for sure, unless they get a team like America, uh, really on that bottom side, I think they should uh, beat Pachuca easily. I think Necaxa could be stubborn, but I don't see them being able to do much. Uh, I say America for, for this reason, because it's an experienced team, but it's a team that's very rocoso, as we say in Spanish. It's a team that knows how to complicate it 
for the for the opposition. So I think that's where America could be dangerous for a team like Leon that's flying by everybody because Leon is honestly it's 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 un punto y aparte. It's we don't even mention them in the discussion of what is competition. You know, they're out playing everybody. They're above and beyond everybody in this tournament. Uh, so honestly, Leon is really fun to watch, um, and that's my candidate for the for the campeonato. Uh, because the other team, while they have good players and they can, uh, you know, can compete against Leon because they have the players, and, and they're also teams that are also rocosos, as we say, like América. I think Tigres and Monterrey are as well. I think Cruz Azul can be. I think Necaxa is just stubborn and has enough quality to to, to come out of games. Uh, Pachuca is good. That's about it. They're a decent team, and and Puebla is a, is a, is a decent team. But uh, out of the bottom half, the, the bottom four, America is the only thing with uh, with pretensions to of of of, of campeonato of championship. Uh, for me, Leon's leading the pack. Like I said, they're my they're my favorites. Now let's move on from Liguilla talk. Like I said, there could be lots of shit going on, so we'll definitely get back to another podcast and see how this shapes up. Now, let's move on to LAFC versus Seattle Sounders for one reason. Carlitos Vela, which I have not claimed to be a fan of any MLS team. And I'm pretty close of saying LAFC, but I'm not really a fan of anybody. I mean, let's be honest. If LAFC played Chivas, I'd be going for Chivas hardcore. So, you know what? I'm going to retract that right now. I just thought about it. No, I'm not going to go for LAFC. But I like Carlos Vela, like I said. And, um, you know, lots of Galaxy fans were posting pictures of Slatan's goal saying, this is the real MVP. Here he's coming, you know. And Carlos Vela keeps on doing what he's doing. Scored another doblete. Scored two goals today. And they were both golazos. So, uh, Carlos Vela is really in sync. He's really happy at LAFC. And he's, he's producing for the team. Whether it's giving assists or scoring goals, you know they beat Seattle Sounders four to one, pretty much outclassed them. But uh, Carlos didn't have no assist, but he was playing well. You know he was uh, attempting to assist. He should have had uh, actually a hat trick because he had a goal that he missed. And I think he sort of, um, uh, you know, took took the shot a little bit too early. Should have held on to a little bit too much because it's a one v one with the goalie. But hey. Not everything's going to fall your way, but he scored another goal and he's leading the goal count in the MLS. And his plan, like he said, is to be the league MVP and he's definitely on his way. So I'm happy for him and also LAFC because they're in, in the first uh, place uh, of the conference, the West Conference. And um, also because, you know, I, I've been to LAFC game. I bought an LAFC jersey. So uh, I've been to the stadium. You know, it's a nice stadium. I've been to the restaurant inside the stadium. Good burgers. You know, it, it's it's a good time. And what I like about that is that their uh, fans are really embracing the, the Latin style of being a fan. You see what I'm saying? The Hispanic, more Mexican side of being a fan. You know, I see Seattle Sounders and they replicate the European thing, which is weird. Because at least the fans in Los Angeles are Mexican and have that Mexican footballing culture. Now, the Seattle Sounders fans are not European, not even from nowhere. You see what I'm saying? It'd be easier for them to replicate, you know, a football fans, 
perspective of, of cheering on for a team. But I'm talking about the chance. They're European chance, which is weird. You know, but hey, uh, that's them. Now, like I said, this was episode 37 of The Greatest Bowl. Thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. Later.